0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, in association with Mueller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Brooklyn Dad Defiant. We always have a good time when we talk. We have a lot to talk about, but before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com startmeup, and don't forget you can find start me up on itunes stitcher and wherever podcasts are found now please enjoy my conversation with brooklyn dad defiant welcome back to the show majid uh thank you for having me back i glad <laughs> to be here it's been a little while i think it's been i think we haven't talked this year i think it's been since last year Has it been that long? I think so. I mean, we see each other on Twitter all the time, so it doesn't feel like it's been forever, but it's kind of been forever.
1: (laughs) Indeed, indeed. And it has kind of been a crazy year, even though it's honestly kind of quiet. (laughs) To be frank, you know, I mean, as you're watching the news, if it wasn't for what was happening in Ukraine, Mm -hmm. what would what would these guys be talking about? You know,
0: well, I got a bunch of things. They Well, I know, but that's true. That's true. Culture wars. Yeah, just the culture (laughs) wars. That's it. Um, So here's let me just tell you. I am having testicle tanning. Oh, we're gonna get into that too. We're gonna get into that. But um, it's so ridiculous. Um, I didn't. I do have some things prepared, but what I have been doing lately on my shows is like, oh my god, there's so much crap, right? There's so much. Um, hate, division, the war, COVID—all this like really stressful stuff that's going on. And for me, I have found that I'm not checking out because I cannot. I just can't, even if I wanted to. I have to know what's going on. But what I find is happening with me is when I, when I read something on Twitter or listen to something on the news or whatever it is that's upsetting to me, I just kind mm-hmm. of glaze over, and I may, I may absorb it. But I try not to get too emotionally attached to it. And um, so, like, when I'm doing – when I'm prepping for these shows now, I know we're going to talk about politics. I mean, again, that's my show. Uh, That's what I do. But at the same time, I can't fucking spend my whole life focusing on politics anymore because I will go mad. So so what I do is I have these kind of, like, half-assed, like, you know – Topics prepared for us, but I know with you because you're a talker like me, and it would be very (laughs) easy for us to fill, you know, a show, (laughs) even if I had prepared nothing. So I just want to see, you know, where we're going to go. I've got a few things set up, but this is the first thing I want to talk about. We are going to talk about politics and tan balls, but before we get into all that fun stuff, (laughs) um, (laughs) I want to just first of all congratulate you because you quit smoking, and I just, you know, I used to smoke, so I just want, I want to like share some stories. And I want to find out when you quit and what has your journey been like?
1: Thank you. Okay. So um, I quit on August 17th and uh, it was suggested to me that um, when, like every time I go for a a checkup, Mm -hmm. you know, my doctor will ask me, you know, about the whole smoking thing. And she'll ask, you know, do you want to quit smoking? And I'll be like, yeah, eventually, you know, when I'm, you know. When I'm ready, when, you know, and I've been making the excuse that my life is too stressful. Mm -hmm. I need those cigarettes for a crutch, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. So whenever my life is less stressful Mm -hmm. and that's, that's that's an imaginary, it's never going to (laughs) happen. It's always going to be stressful. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, uh, she said you should pick a date that is significant Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. So I picked the date uh August 17th, because that's also my sobriety date. Ooh. I quit I quit drinking and using drugs on August seventeenth,
0: two thousand three. Wow. That's aw- that was a great date to choose. It was, yeah. So, you know, it, it's like I, I can't
1: screw up now. If I screw <laughs> up like, you know, the whole the whole uh uh deck of cards yeah. collapses. Right. Now uh wow. so I, I you know I, I did it for a number of reasons a you know i I enjoy living
0: mm-hmm. right and
1: <laughs> I like to try to keep this thing going on as as long as possible, you know yeah. uh, as as God willing right? right right and b because um you know i wanna uh I wanna get an insurance a life insurance policy because mm-hmm. it sounds crazy, you know, but the insurance life insurance is way more expensive. If you're a smoker, than if you're a non-smoker,
0: yeah, right.
1: So, wow. I, and once I hit one year uh-huh. as a non-smoker, I'm going to
0: call up the insurance agency and say, "All
1: right, hook me up."
0: <laughs> well, that's right? really. And so, has it been really difficult for you? Has it been easy? What was your journey like oh, when Lord. you
1: quit? <laughs> the
0: so the first, I want to say, the
1: first two months were brutal, Mm -hmm. and that was with the assistance of the patch. Mm -hmm. So my doctor got me uh, a a prescription for the nicotine patch, which Mm -hmm. you put on your skin, like your arm, and and you use it for two months. The first four weeks is like the highest dose of nicotine, the next two weeks is a medium dose, and the last two weeks are the lowest dose. Mm -hmm. And even though I had the crutch of the patch, You know, it's your brain. Yeah. It's your brain that you're fighting, right? So it's your stupid, (laughs) like, addictive brain that's like, you know, you know, you're doing pretty good, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you just had one cigarette (laughs) today, (laughs) it's no big deal. Who cares? It's one cigarette out of four weeks, Right. right? What's... Who cares? So I have to shut my brain off yeah. for those moments. Like, thank you for sharing, but no. Yeah, you know. And even like, I try to negotiate with myself about, well, what about, uh, what about the vape thing? <laughs> the vape thing. It's odorless, you know. It's just, you know, it's oils and stuff. It <laughs> tastes like jelly beans and whatever, you know. Uh, how about that? And. You know, my, my wife would have kicked my ass if, oh, yeah. if she, if she learned, <laughs> actually she wouldn't, but she would, she guilted she'd be the disappointed. Hell out of, yeah. You know, yeah. Very disappointed. And yeah. I don't want to disappoint her. So, right. um, so I made it. And, but yeah. even still, I, as I'm watching to so right now I think, uh, August, what is that? Eight months, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm probably around eight or nine months. I stopped counting, mm-hmm. but, um, when I'm watching one of those period pieces like that takes place in the 50s or 60s when everybody was smoking yeah. pregnant mother giving birth she's got a cigarette, <laughs> give me a light Charlie you know uh, y- 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 everybody's lighting up at every part of the, the TV yeah. show or movie and when I hear somebody flick a Zippo yeah. lighter on that's kind of a trigger because right, that yeah. was that was the height of coolness for me learning how to <laughs> to use the Zippo and that, you know, metallic click, yeah, you know? Um, but Gosh. aside from that, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. I, mm. I gained some weight. I gained yeah. about uh, 15 pounds. Now I did think, you eat or...
0: more? Did you eat more to compensate or was it just because your yeah. metabolism slowed down?
1: I, th- I think um, probably to compensate um, and it also, you know, yeah, no, I think it was mainly to compensate, sure. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I had more chocolate and more sweets and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's, I mean, you know, it, it sucks because when I quit, I was literally going through um, perimenopause. And I believe mm. I went into menopause, I, I quit in 2013 and I went into menopause, I started menopause in 2015. So I was definitely in peri. And mm-hmm. I, oh my God, it was so funny because I quit smoking, the Saturday before Thanksgiving and because I I worked from home (laughs) (laughs) I worked from home and I didn't have to dress for work so I just was always in my at-home attire my comfortable at-home attire and so you know here we go we've got just over a month and it was Christmas time and I had to get dressed to go somewhere and I'm like holy shit I got Mm. so heavy and I mean, the pants that I used to have that were big on me were tight and Uh um, it was not and I had not changed my diet at all. I mean, part of the reason I continued to smoke and this is so bad, but part of the reason I smoked for as long as I did was because I didn't want to gain weight. I remember there was this one time where I was in my I was probably like 35 or something like that, and Uh I stopped smoking. And I went on a diet, and I wasn't losing weight. And I was like, "God damn it! I didn't know it's those fucking cigarettes. So I started smoking again, and I lost the weight. So, um, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, it takes your yeah. metabolism up a little. But the thing was is I didn't replace cigarettes with food. But I think that because my body was going through these crazy-ass hormonal changes, I just plumped <laughs> up. I mean, it took me a little time, but I lost it. Um, and then I eventually gained weight because of – fucking menopause and hormones and all this stuff that they don't fully understand. It's never been mm-hmm. because I overeat and you know, and yeah. it, it drives me nuts because it's like, I, I, if I if this weight that I put on were because I was eating pies then I'd be like, OK, I'll just stop eating pies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like and I have been, you know, I mean, right now I'm on this regimen and I'm working so fucking hard and I'm, I don't know what's happening. I, I never know because it looks like you're losing weight and then you're not. So it's just so fun being a menopausal woman. But I'm actually post menopause now. But for everybody out there who's worried about gaining weight, unless you're like in perimenopause. Um, you're you know, you're only really gonna lose or, or gain weight if you eat more. and um, if you do make an effort, you know, like my mom, when she quit smoking, I think she went on a diet and she just didn't mm-hmm. gain anything. She lost weight. So people can just keep that because I know weight is if you know, if I knew what I if I knew then, what I know now, I would have quit and and I would have just stayed smoke free if if I could have handled that. But, um, you know, when in my 30s, like you said, I wasn't ready. I just, I wasn't mm. ready. and I wasn't emotionally ready to do it. I would try and try and try and fail. And you I just, yeah, it. you have you to, it's a decision that you make. And once I made my decision, it was actually weirdly the easiest thing I ever did because I did use vape. And the thing about vape is, and work to my advantage is, if I smoke a vape cigarette, I, I cannot tolerate it. I cough. And it's it the throat. yeah, right. it did to- And some people have that issue, which I'm glad because I don't want. I did not again, I also did not want to replace cigarettes with vape. I just wanted to use vape as a crutch, just like the yeah. patch. and And that's exactly what I did. And it went from taking three or four hits a day. And sometimes i would I wouldn't inhale it because I couldn't. So I just I would just see the smoke coming out or the vape coming out of my mouth, because I think that's for me part of the draw for smoking was like seeing the smoke in my body
1: oh absolutely and can i tell you something else Hmm. um uh, another trigger for me big major trigger was coffee
0: oh yeah a lot of people
1: you hear my my new york voice saying coffee (laughs) coffee for god's sakes it was the coffee it
0: was like
1: (laughs) yeah i couldn't you know so i was uh so accustomed to having coffee with yeah. my cigarette yeah uh so i quit smoke uh, drinking coffee as well seriously I Quit smoking wow yeah, so, but, that was brutal but that. yeah it was <laughs> it was quite brutal i replaced it with green tea
0: oh my god
1: right? <laughs> which is a very very different taste totally it's a whole different experience yes <laughs> um, but now i am back on coffee okay um and so what was funny was um in December, I realized that uh, I had gained so much weight that I wasn't fitting my pants. <laughs> you know? yes. I've, been, I've been wearing sweatpants, you know, yes. most of the time I've been home. <laughs> so when I tried to put on some actual, like, big boy pants, you know, I was too big for the big boy pants. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I went on the whole 30, okay. which is kind of like... It's kind of like a diet. It's like resetting your body chemistry. You eliminate sugar, mm-hmm. dairy, uh, carbs. Uh, what else is it? You know those those right. things. And you can only basically only like protein eat and vegetables, some fruits, vegetables, and meat. Right. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and so I lost. Uh, I think it was about fifteen pounds. Wow. Uh, in thirty days. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on putting some of that back on now. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. I then wish I, I could. Just... I wish I could just. I give you mine. I know you don't really want to put it back on. But oh my god, I'm so sick and tired of it. It's so tough for me because, you know, I mean, as a woman who I mean I used to be an actress and and that was I mean I was an actress for 10 years so it was part of my mm. life it wasn't my whole life but it was part it was a big yeah. part of my life. I studied and then I you know pursued it and it, it was overwhelming for me in the area of my body because I, I'm six feet tall I've got broad shoulders I did not have the Hollywood standard of beauty. Maybe my face, I could have had the Hollywood standard of beauty, but my body was not there. And mm. because of it, I've gone through so fucking much. And it's so funny because people say, you shouldn't care about looks. It's like, okay, we'll tell that to the rest of the fucking world because that's who I'm listening yeah. to. And maybe I should be stronger than that, but I'm not. And so now that I'm going to be 54 in July, it's like, I, I, I'm grateful that I no longer have the, like the youth made me feel like I needed to, I don't know. Be a certain way Look a certain way And now that I'm older It's not mm-hmm. that I feel like I can just let myself go Because that's absolutely Not what I do But I, there's less pressure <laughs> on me uh, To yeah. feel like I'm ha- I mean, like I don't have to be The hot young thing I don't I don't care anymore And it's You know I mean I can I can be an older woman And I'm, I mean I don't say that to In any kind of negative way But I'm just an older mm-hmm. woman So I can be an older woman What I want to be Is the older woman Who takes care of herself And accepts her body that's still a battle. (laughs) You know, it's like, I want to accept myself.
1: That's a struggle. I I would say for, for most uh, Americans, even though I, I try to, uh, I try to project this guy that, you know, I don't really care. I don't obsess about Mm -hmm. my appearance or about Mm -hmm. my weight. You know, I'm, I'm balding right Mm -hmm. at the top of my head. Got a nice little sand patch there. (laughs) Um, Uh, And, you know, I'm bigger around the middle than I would prefer. So I don't I don't uh, obsess over it. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that I don't think about it. Of course. If if I could have a a slimmer waistline, would I take it? Absolutely. Do I want to work that hard to make that happen? No.
0: See, and that's the thing. I am working that hard. And when it doesn't happen, it's fucking it's so annoying. I mean, I I work out for an hour A strenuous workout with weights for an hour at least four times a week and when you do that Mm -hmm. plus eating anywhere from 12 to 1500 calories a day that's what i do Mm -hmm. i should be the weight should be falling off this is what i used to do when i was younger and the weight would fall off i would lose 10 to 15 pounds in a month it's been five years you know i don't i haven't been doing this consistently for five years because i would do it for like a year and and i would give up and then actually Mm -hmm. in during 2020 i think it was starting in april Um, You know, we went into lockdown in March And I just, I, I took Like two months or three months off I just didn't work out I figured, fuck it. And, and I wasn't pigging out. I just stopped exercising. And, you know, of course, my father's yelling at me. He's like, you need to work out and you need to keep your lungs strong. And I'm like, I'm just taking a fucking break. So um, <laughs> I, I took a break and I'm and I'm back to it now. But, you know, it's just I, I look at it this way. As much as I want to see actual results and weight loss and all that good stuff, I know that it is good for my my lungs. It's good for my heart. It's good to keep your muscles and your bones. So it's good to do some physical activity and so that's what I tell myself so indeed, <laughs> that's what we're indeed. just going to keep doing but and you know what I just want to say you're so lucky because your balls are already tan and you don't have to yeah. tan them <laughs> you got those tan <laughs> balls so you're like already ahead of the game
1: <laughs> thank God, thank God, because that that contraption
0: I couldn't believe what I was watching. I know, you know I was like no is this a is this a parody <laughs> with what
1: that was the first thing I thought when I saw that Tucker Carlson thing yeah. I seriously thought somebody was goofing on yeah. Tucker, but no, that's legitimately his video,
0: yeah. Yeah. And you know what's really horribly frightening about this is that all us, you know, liberals can sit there and mock and go, that's ridiculous. I mean, George Takei said, that's so gay. That made me laugh so hard. (laughs) But um, uh, that was just fucking perfect. But the thing is, is that it speaks to, I was, I was, I believe it was Joy Reid. I think I was listening to Joy Reid last night. And I can't remember if it was her or if it was the Chris Hayes show, but either one of them was talking about how. That message really, really resonates with – it's like Boomer and Gen X evangelical men who are like these guys who marched um, in Charlottesville. They're terrified yeah. of losing their, you know, their idea of their place in society and thinking that they're somehow above everybody else and they don't want to lose oh, the t-
1: that. The, the, the Tiki Torch Brigade. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah, yeah, Jews will not replace us. They were chanting that. And disgusting. It's, of course, it's disgusting. But it's like this because they, they were going over and they were talking about this video in particular, and they were saying, you know, it appeals not only to, you know, it's racist and it's sexist. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not even sexist, it's misogynistic. And um, that really speaks to these young men, you know, these young white men, especially evangelical men. Who, there's this whole fucking push now like men have to be real men and i guess yeah. to them real men means that you are violent and aggressive and ready to fight at, you know at any turn and um, and that's what's scary because again we can laugh at it and of course it is mockworthy and we should be mocking it but i think we should also make sure to understand that it's working this is successful propaganda
1: well, well the whole notion of real man is is a farce? Mm-hmm. It's a myth. You know, a real man doesn't cry. A real man right. is macho. A real man, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. Who gets who gets to determine yeah. what a real man is? Who's setting that bar? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, is
0: Trump a real man? Right. I don't yeah. think so. No. Wow. Yeah. No. I mean, the real man thing. I try to avoid the real man thing because every man is a real man, but it's like. I think you know it's the the best kind of man is a man who's in touch with his emotions. I mean, he talks about uh, toxic masculinity. There was this meme Mm -hmm. about toxic masculinity. There's even liberals who still don't understand toxic masculinity, masculinity, and they take offense to it because they think that people are saying masculinity is toxic. And it's like, no, 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 no. And there was this meme that perfectly described it in hamburgers. There's like a hamburger and that's a kind of a meat. And then there's a cheeseburger. That's a different kind of a meat. So it's just like toxic masculinity. You have different kinds of masculinity. And so it's not to say that if you're a masculine guy that you're toxic, but the toxicity comes in where it's homophobic, misogynistic, aggressive, um, especially... You know, there's white supremacy tied into it, not only because, of course, there's toxic white males of every color, but still, yeah. there, you know, there's definitely white supremacy plays into this idea. And I mean, I just, I really want people to understand this is fucking working. This works on that crowd, it gets them to the polls. Yeah, this, this, so
1: Tucker is on some shit about <laughs> testosterone yeah. levels dropping. Yeah. I, I don't know. Where where that's coming from? Your testosterone. What does that have to do with uh, treating your fellow man um, properly, your right. fellow human uh, nicely? Yeah, you know, it, it's somewhere. On the right wing, they believe if you're not a complete shitheel, mm-hmm. if you don't have your knee on somebody's neck, yeah, then you're not a real man. Right. If you don't kick somebody in the balls, you know, when when they're not looking, then you're not a real man. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't grab your woman by her ponytail and say, "Come on, let's go and drag her down the street," you're not a real man. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that's so in my that my understanding of toxic ma- masculinity yeah. is that you have to hurt somebody. Right, right. You have to be over the top aggressive mm-hmm. and unapologetically aggressive in order to prove your manhood. <laughs> and so that's some bullshit. I guess yeah. I, I guess if that's what I have to do to prove that I'm a real man then I'm not a real man, you know, because <laughs> yes, I believe right. I believe you can be sensitive. Yeah. I can believe you can be nice to people. You can compliment somebody. You can compliment your fellow man. Mm-hmm. You know. Say hey brother That's a nice looking shirt That doesn't You know It doesn't say anything About your sexual preference Right exactly Uh, It just It just means that You're a decent human being That's okay With complimenting Another dude Yeah You know
0: well, and just, just to be politically correct and not to annoy you, but I would even go so far as to say it's not even sexual preference because you don't, it's not that you prefer, unless you're bisexual and maybe you prefer men mm. to women or women to men, but it's like usually right. your sexuality isn't a choice, and so it just is what it is and it has yeah. nothing to do with your sexual orientation, but of course that's what uh, the right wants. us right, And the thing is, is that Tucker Carlson doesn't believe this, but he knows that his brainwashed angry base will believe it. And that's what's so scary because that is their target, and they are—they are very good. Like I, I get so sick and tired of liberals when I see liberals on Twitter because I don't get to go out and you know walk among all the liberals every day. But you know when I see them mm-hmm. on Twitter, they'll—they'll. They'll, Comment and say like, oh, Republicans are so stupid or they're, they're, they're not stupid. They know exactly what they're doing. They are using literally, they are using Soviet kind of propaganda. Um, Mm -hmm you know, not specific to Soviet Union, but the style of propaganda, you know, yeah. one of those is Tucker does it really, really well as he asks all these dumbass questions. And I learned early <laughs> on when I started doing social media and I wanted, I'm like, how can I build, this was on Facebook and I just thought, how can I build my page? And so I would go look and all these other people who had big, you know, massive audiences, like what are they doing? And I, I saw there was this one guy he was, he was a fucking genius. He, he, he was a black man who wrote uh, romance novels for black women. And he was good looking. So, you know, and he did, you know, his, his books were good. And he had this fucking massive following of black women that loved him and what mm. he did was he asked them questions and it was two it was twofold he asked him a question and it was usually a provocative like sexual question and right. he wrote romance books so and the, you know these fucking women fl- I mean it wasn't just black women it was women they loved mm-hmm. him and part of it was because he would ask them what do you like what is it that you and so Tucker uses that same kind of um it's and also it's the question it's a suggestive question where Mm -hmm. you know the answer and maybe you don't want to say the answer but you get your audience to say the answer and you know why are the democrats such pedophiles and then you know Mm -hmm. they all raise i know i know and then they all chime in and then they all get to feel like they know the answer and he's very good at that and it's extremely effective and so again while liberals are pointing their fingers and laughing and saying you guys are so dumb they're getting more voters <laughs> so we need to focus well, the, on how to get more voters here's, too here's the problem the, the problem
1: <clears throat> excuse me the problem is that the republicans are going back to the playbook that they've used um Forever, I guess. I, most most recently, I would say back in the two thousands, there was this whole. Uh, I, I remember around the time of the two thousand four election, there was this panic about gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Gay marriage mm-hmm. was the caravan, yeah. of, right. of, of back then. Yeah, you know, um, was the groomers thing back then. Mm-hmm. And there's there's always this undercurrent of bigotry and, and hatred mm-hmm. regarding the the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community, they want um, their low information, hateful uh, followers to associate homosexuality with pedophilia. Right. Yeah. And that's horrible. Yeah, it's just disgusting. Absolutely horrible. Um, but it's fear. Mm-hmm. It's fear. It's fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And. You know, the their average, the average Republican voter doesn't know much about homosexuality. Doesn't care to learn Mm -hmm, about it. Doesn't mm -hmm. care to expand their horizons. They just want to glom onto the fearful notions that they had, that forced millions of gay uh, Americans into the closet. Yeah, you know, living lives of shame where they could not embrace their true selves. They want to push us back there, and that's such a horrible, horrible place. And liberals have not figured out yet how to uh, <laughs> defend against that, how to yeah. go on the offensive yeah. against that. And we have to, yeah, we have because to. that's that's where the battlefield is now. Mm-hmm. Like it or not, nobody wants to really talk about. Um, anything else. They don't want to talk about President Biden's mm-hmm, infrastructure deal. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk about the jobs. They don't want to yeah, you know, they they do want to talk about the price of gasoline. Yes. Yeah. You know. Um but for right now their their uh battlefield of choice is Ron DeSantis's don't say gay yeah. um bill and everything around that. Yeah. The CRT, all oh of that God. stuff. Yeah. Everything that is um, that is a cultural
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, flashpoint. Yes. That's where they live right now.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's it's going to get worse as we move toward the elections. And I think we need to be pre- prepared for it. And I really think the best way to combat it, whether it's the Democratic Party or Democratic voters, because I want to talk a little bit in a, in a minute about you know the the democratic party messaging but i do believe that includes voters um because mm-hmm. right now we've got we're fighting nazis you know i mean it's it, this is not like the mitt romney this is not like the george bush party um of yesteryear it, and they were terrible and they led up to this but they would accept transfers of power peaceful transfers of power and this mm-hmm. you know this republican party will not um But I think, you know, I I certainly think that the Democratic Party and the Democratic groups, you know, the PACs and stuff, need to find a better way to message. And I think part. But again, I also think it is you and me and the average voter Mm -hmm. who has any voice on Twitter. um, It's Mm -hmm. also up to us. And part of that is pointing out what. We will lose, and it's not just what Democrats will lose; that what they'll lose. It's like my MAGA relative who is I'm trying to think she's like seventy-three. Well, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to privatize Social Security, she loses her Social Security, or I don't know if she loses it, but you know, you're definitely going to lose your benefits to healthcare if you've got Medicare for all. You're going to lose all that shit, and or you're going to yeah. lose a portion of it, and it, you know, and and they don't even. They don't see it that way. I mean, yesterday, I was talking to this guy, and he he told he's a Republican. He's not a Trumper. But he said, there are just always going to be people who like being poor. And I'm just like, oh, my what? God. Oh, my God. I mean, how—, how Who wants I, to be poor? I know. But that, you know, I mean, okay, look, there are some people who are lazy and— you know, they don't feel like getting a job and maybe they're just going to let their lives fall apart. But the majority of people who are poor or who are homeless, it's because of a, of a set of events that happened. And oftentimes it's systemic racism. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just a matter of, I don't feel like working. You know, right. that, that's, that's not why people are poor. I mean, okay, Mm -hmm. every once in a while you're going to run into that, but that's usually not the problem. The problem is the wages. The problem is you know not having unions and treating people like shit at work and not and have you know this this woman at the grocery store that I see and she's like basically a friend of mine. She works seven fucking days a week. She works at the courthouse five days a week and then she works at the at the grocery store two days a week. Seven days Mm -hmm. a week, and I mean I don't know how much money this woman has, but I guarantee you she's not rolling in it. You know, because you don't work seven days a week if you're rolling in it.
1: No, no.
0: So it's just the system like, is uh, the system
1: is designed to chew people like that up and yeah. to spit them out. Yeah. And 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 it's also designed for some reason to make the poorest people uh, defend the mm-hmm. right of the people who have everything, everything yeah. to take everything. Yeah. You know, it it, it never fails to amaze me. How many people are simping and caping for mm-hmm. guys like Elon Musk on Twitter? It's unbelievable. unbelievable. You don't have two nickels to rub together, but god damn it, you, you will fight to the death to ensure that Elon Musk gets his third super yacht, <laughs> know, you know, know, for crying out loud.
0: Give me a break. It's oh, just so, so fucking maddening. So, you know, you interviewed John Fugelsang. And I yeah. want to ask you about that. But first, we have to take a quick break. We will be back after this message. Oh, hi. It's Kimberly. Are you my patron? Why aren't you my patron? If you just go to patreon.com slash start me up, you're going to see all the tears I offer. You're going to see so much. You're going to see everything. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up and become my patron today. You won't regret it. And we're back. So yeah, you um, in your interview with John, there mm-hmm. was this bit you guys talked about, and I love John. I fuck everybody needs to go listen to Brooklyn Dad Defiant on YouTube, interviewing John Fugelsang. What is the name? What is the name of your show on Twitter?
1: I mean, it's I'm sorry on YouTube. Story,
0: it's it, It's story time with BDD. Okay, story time with BDD on YouTube. So and. You know, we all love John. John's fucking amazing. And so there was this He's one awesome. part of this uh, of this show that when you were talking about Twitter and mm-hmm. trolling and whatnot, and John said, everybody has to be the beautiful woman at the bar because <laughs> the beautiful women at the bar are used to having the trolls coming up and how to deal with them. And it's so funny because back in the day, you know, when I was mm-hmm. the young, beautiful woman at the bar, I will tell you, the, the guys that I was interested in almost never approached me, almost never. Mm. Always the guy. It was the troll. It was the guy who lived <laughs> under the bridge who had nothing left to lose, and he's like, "I'm gonna go hit on that beautiful woman," and you yeah. know, and it was like, I, I and it was it was funny because they do need to act like the beautiful woman at the bar. I rem, I, I can be quite sarcastic, and I wish I could remember what I said, but I was out with a girlfriend one night you know i was in my 30s or whatever like probably early 30s and we're at a bar and some guy comes up and he's the troll and he comes up and he asks if you know whatever he asked us and i was a fucking sarcastic bitch i couldn't i couldn't help it i had a couple drinks in me. i wasn't mean i was sarcastic mm-hmm. and whatever i said she literally spit her drink out but it's like that's what we need to do john is a hundred percent right it's like there are these people on Twitter who are only there to fuck with your head. It's like a prank yeah. call. You know, it's like you get when, – when you keep answering the phone when you have a prank caller, they win. The prank caller wins. And I know because I used yeah. to be a prank caller. And it was like I fucking lived yeah. to make people answer the phone again. <laughs> so I just have to yeah, say yeah. that that interview was really fun. And everybody needs to go check it out because it's both of you. And you, you are yeah. both great. And you're both so Thank cute you. together. And so, um, but that was that was an interesting point that he had, he made.
1: I, I will say, uh, just to add on to what he was saying was, um, and I thought this was interesting. He said, instead of blocking mm-hmm. trolls, which I had been doing a lot of in the past six months, just because I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have time to, yeah. you know, like to... What am I gonna do? Am I gonna get into an, a discourse with a troll right. who's just you know just trying to uh, stir the uh, shit stir? Yeah. Um, no, I don't have time for that. So, do I care if you're gonna post uh, a, a screenshot of me blocking you on your page? Like, like this is the <laughs> highlight of my life is that I pestered somebody until he blocked me on social media, a complete stranger. Yeah, I don't care. But what I find is interesting is that he suggested to mute them Mm -hmm. instead. Mm -hmm. So it's still, you still get the benefit of not seeing them but then you get the bonus of just imagining that this jackass is like yelling out into the uh, into the abyss and you can't see their replies but they're just ah! they just <laughs> rage at you
0: and <laughs> and, and, you're and it's frustrating cuz i think there are certain people that have muted me but this is what i'll say counter to that the counter that i have to muting because I do mute certain people, but, I, but when it's just a, a, a lowly troll as opposed to like a blue check or somebody who's legit and you know who they are. Um, right. I don't, I like to block them and the reason I block them is because I don't want them to post on, I don't want them to ride on my tweet that may be a viral tweet and they get to put their bullshit and I don't even see it to get rid of it so what I like to do is with the with with the kind of like anonymous type trolls um, or meaning just like a lowly maybe a hundred a hundred followers and they joined in 2021 and you know maybe they have a face but you don't know if it's their face those people I will hide their reply and block because then they don't get to ride on my they don't get to use my platform Uh, to spread their disinformation, but I do mute certain blue checks who I can't fucking stand and I can't deal with. And, um, or even like there's somebody who I actually like, I'm not going to say who it is, but I think this person is a genuinely good person who's completely fucking misguided. And every time Mm. I see their tweets, tweets, I'm just like, ah, no. And I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. And so I just, yeah. mute. I just mute them. And if they're going to yell at me, I don't see it. But, um, you know, I just, that, that's how I do it. But everybody has their own Twitter. So I'm not here to say John Fuglesung is wrong and I'm right. It's whatever works for you. I just know that as a feminist, oh my God, the, the shit that I hear from people, it's like, no, you don't get to fucking hang out on my thread, <laughs> I'm like getting rid of your dumb ass. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. I actually
1: I've tried that, um, hiding replies. Mm-hmm. Um and then, then I get just other random trolls. You have no idea what kind of volume of trolls oh, I god, get. Oh god, I can on only my...
0: you have almost a million followers, so I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um I was hiding the replies for a while, and then I get the random trolls like, oh, I see you're hiding all these replies. You could <laughs>
0: hide some replies. Like, fuck, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Get a life, dude. <laughs> they don't you know what? you told me the last time you were on the show, you mentioned uh. something about your trolls. I don't remember what yeah. it was, but you were like, yeah, I talked about this whatever it was. And oh my God, so I put the show up, and all those trolls came to to, you know, the podcast. <laughs> I mean, they didn't comment. they can't comment on Patreon unless they are a Patreon member. But it was like, holy uh. shit, there they all are. And they, they were all wow. jumping over because you were on my fucking podcast. And it just made me laugh because it's like, you're you've of course you're going to get a lot of critics because you have a lot of followers. So you're just going to get a lot of shit from a lot. I can't even imagine what your mentions look like. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: glad I was able to uh, possibly give your show some additional traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Were they, were they some hate Some hate listeners?
0: Right, exactly.
1: Well, they hated you. I
0: can't
1: stand, I can't stand this guy, but I'm going to listen to every word he says, and I'm going to comment on every tweet he posts. Man, I can't stand him. I'm even going to follow him. I, I never understand why they follow me. I know. I hate you. I, I hate all your tweets. <laughs> and I check, go to their profile, followed by, yeah, you know.
0: exactly. Exactly. It's so ridiculous. But, you know, Twitter's yeah. so funny because, I mean, I think – I ultimately think that we – you know, my boyfriend Bob Seska has said multiple times he thinks the internet – we are not mentally prepared for the internet at this juncture in existence. And I totally agree with him. I don't think we are. But we, we're in it. And it's not going away. So, you know, make, yeah. the, make the best of it while we still have a fucking planet. <laughs> like filled indeed, with doom. Indeed. But it's like the one thing I will say that's positive about it is especially during the lockdown and COVID. And, you know, I mean, I've always taken COVID pretty fucking seriously. And I'm already somebody who doesn't like to go out too much. So as somebody who is a solitary person, I thoroughly enjoy the Twitter experience and I have to say that I do think of all the platforms for me Twitter is my favorite and I think it's the best one because it's a place where like on on Facebook you can complain about Ted Cruz or you know and of course you could tag Ted Cruz but the likelihood that Ted Cruz is going to see anybody in a comment who's tagged him it's so Mm -hmm. unlikely on Twitter though you definitely it doesn't matter if you have a blue check. I mean, you'll more likely that he's gonna see a blue check insulting him. Yeah. But he's mm-hmm. still gonna see an insult if he looks at his mentions. And um, you know, it's a way to connect with people that's so different than any other platform. And I have made real friends. Uh, you know, people that, you know, in fact I'm going to meet Amanda Wiss and Jody Hamilton in person. Uh, I believe Bob met Jody, but she's on Bob's show every week. And Amanda's an mm-hmm. actress. She, I don't know if you know who she is, but she was she played Bradley's girlfriend in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, cool! And so I don't know if you remember Very her, but cool. she was the first one to get eaten by Freddie in 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 Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> And um, it's funny because she's friends with Jody Hamilton, and Jody's like telling me you need to get Amanda on your show. I think you guys will totally hit it off. So I had Amanda on, and basically we just established a friendship. And now both her and Jody, Jody are going to come out to DC hopefully in December, and I'll get to meet both of them in person. But it's like it, that—that's this opportunity that we get to connect with so many people and have these really interesting. I mean, nothing beats an in-person exchange, but at the same time. I have literally made... I mean, I consider you a friend. I mean, you and I are not necessarily talking every five minutes, but we have a right, rapport. We right. have a relationship. I, if, if we were at a party, we would absolutely be standing there together totally and talk. Yeah, we'd be talking. So it's yeah. like... I, and that's what I see. Like, it's a big fucking cocktail party. And we're all just kind of going from group to group and talking to this one and talking to that one. And I love it, you know, even hey, though it's is the this downfall. Like
1: third or fourth time on your show?
0: I don't know. Like, maybe I fourth? feel like it's,
1: maybe it's the fourth it's time. It's probably
0: the fourth, Hey. Hey, do I get a five timer jacket like Saturday Night Live if I do a fi- the, a fifth appearance? I should show? do that. I should do that because Greg Olliar and Jody are all, also and I should have like a a five timer uh, award or something like that. <laughs> that would be funny. Okay, I want to ask or a you t-shirt a T th- shirt at the very at t- yeah I know. Um, I I'm try- I, have, I have to think of a a witty thing that I would say on a T shirt. Okay, but I want to ask you something about p- uh, politics and, and not, the not fun stuff. Um, okay. And I just, I want to see where you're standing on this. And basically, this is where we can end the political stuff. But I have two mm-hmm. things that I've written down. I'm just going to read them. Was Putin threatened, he, like, he said he was going to attack U.S. politics if we keep helping him with Ukraine or if we do whatever. He's, and then he's been doing it. That's they what I was just going to say. He's well, already I'm been sorry, doing right. it. He's already been doing no. it. And yeah. um, I feel like we have to be aware of that. Not. I think you you are aware of that, but I'm just talking general voters who are not uh-huh. always necessarily paying attention. We have to figure out a way to make sure everybody understands not to just buy into every little tweet you see, no matter whether it enrages you or pleases you or whatever. And, you know, I, I mentioned before that the Democratic Party, I think, could have stronger and more aggressive messaging. But I believe it's also the responsibility, again, of the voters to, you know, it's like we keep, you know, I keep hearing, I'm part of it. I'm part of the crowd that says, I want more from the Democrats, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you see the Democratic defenders seeing that as an attack. and It's like, it's not an attack. It's like, they're like my mom and dad, and I want my mom and dad to fight a little harder. I love them, and they have my loyalty, no matter what, I'm voting for them, but You know, I still would like to see them a little more aggressive, but I don't want to only put the um, attention on the leaders. I think the the only people that are going to save this country are the voters. And so I'm I'm curious, like the idea that, yes, we've been you know, we've been dealing with cyber attacks. We've been dealing with these political attacks that cause division. We've got this election that's coming up. And it's, you know, it's the responsibility of the Democratic Party and the voters and, you know, not just the Democratic voters, it's the independent voters, it's the voters who don't like what Republicans are doing. And, you know, maybe they have to hold their nose temporarily to save the country. Um, We went through this in 2020. How are you feeling with what I just said, all that said, you know, and whatever you want to add to it, but how are you feeling about moving into November? Are you feeling worried are you concerned what do you see happening what do you think
1: I am uh, I would say I'm nervous I wouldn't say I'm worried yet Okay. I'm nervous but I'm still cautiously optimistic and I'll I'll tell you why I do believe uh, that a lot of what happens uh, to the Democratic Party in November is going to be determined by how the economy fares Mm -hmm. In, mm-hmm. in the interim, a yeah. lot of it, you know, mm-hmm. how James Carville says, you know, it's the economy stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to believe that. So I I think, uh, you know, the the, the things about the, the culture war, they're interesting and they kind of rile up the, the right wing base. But bottom line, mm-hmm. um, I think most Americans are not on Twitter. I think most You're Americans right. yes. are just... You know, they're just trying to make it to payday. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. They're trying yeah. to get to their next paycheck. And if their paychecks looking smaller, mm-hmm. if they're not be able, if they're not able to spread their paycheck as far as they used to be able to, mm-hmm. they're gonna vote like that. Right. I think that's that's the bottom line. Um, I think there's I, I think there's reason to be hopeful that we can turn out our base. Okay. because just the threat alone that republicans uh behind Rick Scott you know are going to take away social social security and medicare mm-hmm. that enough yeah. that that alone should be enough to create a tidal wave mm-hmm. of not just democratic uh right. voters but independent and republican mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean you know do you republicans you don't want your social security anymore right. come yeah. on now um and aside from that i think the the threat of women losing the right to choose Mm -hmm. permanently Mm -hmm. it's real Mm -hmm. it's real the the handmaid's tale is unfolding in front of us it is you know so um we have to be able to spread that message outside of the twitter bubble Mm -hmm. to to mom and pop you know at their kitchen table Mm -hmm. you know um In in their supermarkets, uh, where you know where people live Mm
0: -hmm. and breathe,
1: you know uh, that messaging has to get through. The urgency, the urgency has to be in every household. Mm -hmm. So that that's it. It's it's just the 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 challenge of getting the word out. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of uh, knocking on doors, Mm -hmm. a lot of text messaging, Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, phone banking. All that shit has to happen.
0: And, I, and, yeah, um, and I'll yeah, and i add that Jamie yeah. Harrison was on the show and he did say, you know, the Democratic Party and the DNC, they've spent record amount of money for the 50 state strategy doing exactly what you're talking about. And I think that anybody who's listening, um, I, I'm going to get more on this as we approach the midterms, but donate some of your time just say in this election let's say you've never done anything all you've done is voted well kudos to you for voting but this election mm-hmm. say i'm going to say i'm going to pick an hour i'm going to pick 2 hours of my life and i'm going to phone bank and that might seem intimidating to some but it's so fucking easy because all you have to do is figure out who you want to phone bank for and mm-hmm. they they're going to have something on their website where you're just going to you know they're going to instruct you here's how you do it and you could basically do it through your computer or they give you they do something where you don't even have to use your own phone and Mm -hmm. or your number so you're not your number's not going to show up when you're calling people and they give you a script and the most important thing to be is polite it doesn't matter if you get a MAGA it doesn't matter if you get a jerk don't be a jerk Just be polite and tell people, (laughs) you know, just listen to their concerns and, you know, an hour of your life to save democracy. I think that's worth it. And I think this election, if we can, if American voters, especially the ones who are engaged, can can, you know, encourage and inspire and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on the phone and I'm or I'm going to go get people registered to vote. Whatever it is that you can do, take a little bit of time out of your life, an hour. I mean, you're not going to, if you're going to register, you're going to spend a little more time. But if you've got the time, go do that. Some people, you might be able to drive people to the polls. Whatever it is that you can do that's over and above what you've already done, you know, we've got to focus on that because it is, it literally is democracy or fascism. That's our choice right now.
1: Did you hear how quiet I, I was? I didn't even you didn't even hear me say mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure every last syllable of what you just said was uninterrupted and went out crystal clear to your audience, because that is so important. Everything you just said it was brilliant. Oh, well,
0: thank you, and well you, And uh, we I, need made, to do it. You made me want to. You made me want
1: to <laughs> hang up and start phone banking as soon as I get off the phone with you.
0: Sometimes go it's ahead, actually fun. Mr.
1: Jones, vote Democratic,
0: <laughs> damn it! <laughs> or I'm going to kick your ass with my tan balls. <laughs> okay, before I, what? Look, go ahead. I
1: got to say, I love coming on your show. It is—it's a lot of fun, kicking the Willie Bobo back and forth. Absolutely, to you is, is a joy.
0: It's always yeah. fun, and so I'm gonna let you go in a few minutes, but I'm not gonna let you go yet, because I'm mm-hmm. gonna have you play that little Bernard Pivot question, which is from the inside inside the actor studio. And so, for those of you who don't know, and I think most people know, but he would ask these ten questions, and it's the deal is just answer. The first thing that comes off the top of your head, don't spend too much time thinking about it, and it's just fun. So we're going to get okay. this started now. Um, first question, what is your favorite word?
1: Oh, um,
0: <laughs> damn it. <laughs>
1: uh fuckery
0: (laughs) that's a good word Okay, I don't get to use
1: it that often I have other words that are favorite I just can't think of it right now right
0: I know always on the spot Um, what is your least favorite word Um, I'm not going
1: to say moist because people say people say that um... moist Uh, (laughs) yeah I'd just be jumping on the bandwagon I don't know what problem people have with that word but whatever <laughs> um god damn it I can't even think of an unfavorite word right now. Can. can we
0: come back to that we can come back to it what turns okay. you on creatively spiritually or emotionally
1: what turns me on mm-hmm. um the sky
0: hmm, interesting what turns you off
1: um Cacophony, like just really um, brutal noise. There's there's a there's a commercial on TV now for Infinity. I wish they would just do away with that goddamn thing where they play the uh, the. um, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. But they have like a group of second graders playing musical instruments for the very first time, you know. And it's it's a it's a cacophony of right. just noise, a jangly noise. And every time that commercial comes on, I want to destroy my TV. So uh, I would just say, jangly
0: noises. Okay. Yeah? So what is your favorite curse word?
1: Oh. Um, fuckery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What sound or noise do you love?
1: Um, What sound or noise do I love? I'm gonna say the sound of my kitten purring. Oh my
0: god, I love kittens. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her,
1: her name to... is her name is Kobe. We have two. Oh. There's Mars, and there's Kobe. And oh. Kobe has has a, a, a jacked up uh, <laughs> hind leg. Her her leg oh. is she's kind of lame, you know. Yeah. And God forbid, one of these days, um, it we might have to amputate it mm. because we don't know. You know, she must she she could be in excruciating pain mm. right now. She can mm-hmm. often cannot put full weight on that rear oh, leg. Poor but, little thing. When when I got her, you know, on the couch and it's late at night, I'm the last person to go to sleep <laughs> at night. And it's just me and her, oh. and I'm petting her, and you can hear that purring. I love oh,
0: that. Oh, that is so sweet. Okay, so then, what yeah. sound of uh, what sound or noise do you hate? A
1: uh, loud muffler.
0: Yeah, me too. What well, pro- <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: What profession other than my own would I like to attempt? Um, I'd love to be a movie director.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, what profession would you not like to do?
1: A garbage collector. <laughs>
0: And this is the last one, except we're going to go back to your least favorite word. So the last question is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome, Brooklyn Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be very lovely to hear. Okay, so let's go back. Yeah. What, what What's one of your least favorite words?
1: I'm going to have to say it's, it's one of those words that people constantly mispronounce. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Hold on normally i have this thing right at the top of my head oh like supposedly
0: oh right yes (laughs) oh my god the supposedly supposedly yeah that drives me fucking nuts oh my god it's not a word (laughs) it is not a word and it drives me nuts too um okay i'm gonna say this after we hang up and finish this show i'm gonna go mm-hmm. record my show just for patrons called what's up and i'm actually going to go through these bernard Pivot questions myself because whenever i ask someone i always want to share my answer and so it's like but it's not mm-hmm. about me so it's about my guest so I, now i'm going to do it on my patrons only show for those of you who may be interested fyi um But outside of that, I just—it is always such a good time talking to you. You're so cool, and you're so easy and laid back, and I think that's what I like—is that you've got that whole laid back vibe, and it is absolutely what I need in this kind of political atmosphere because everything is fucking crazy. (laughs) So it's absolutely wonderful to talk to you. And unless there's anything else you want to add, um, I do. Okay, what what do do you want to actually?
1: And I, I would like to say. That it would be an honor if I could get you on my show of course. one of these days. Of course, and that show is Story Time with BDD. It is on YouTube. I Usually do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 5:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Most of my shows are streamed live. So when you do a live show, that's where you see all the mistakes, all the crazy things, somebody ringing my doorbell, mm-hmm. I'm yelling at somebody <laughs> who's knocking on my window, that has actually happened.
0: Oh, that happened in the John Fuglesang episode. Oh, that's, yes, yes. Well, that's the thing. Uh, when you're doing a live show, you never know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, so you can, if your uh, listeners... Uh, Want to tune in? They just go to YouTube and type Brooklyn Dad, or they can type Storytime with B D D, one word Storytime, Time, um, and there it is.
0: And what is your what is your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at m m p a
1: d e l l a n m m
0: Perfect. And so I'm going to have that in your website, in the Patreon link to this show. But um, obviously, all you have to do if you want to find Brooklyn Dad, just write Brooklyn Dad Defiant in your search engine and all this. So much stuff is going to come up, so it'll be easy to find. Um, (laughs) And you can also find me on Twitter, which I'm author Kimberly L-E-Y. Don't forget the extra E at the end of my name. And then my books are on Amazon. And I will just say this, that I I have your book, The Littlest President, also linked in the description of this show. So if anybody, you know, listens to this show, reads my books, reads his book, we all want good reviews. Everybody wants a good review. So don't forget that. Authors need good reviews. Podcasters need good reviews. Your good reviews are very important to us. So have I made that clear? I <laughs> um, have indeed, yes. <laughs> it was just wonderful talking to you. And of course, you know, we'll be chatting again and maybe it'll be on your show very soon.
1: I look forward to it. All right, you take care. You too, Kimberly. Thank you. Bye-bye.